0: Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart.
1: Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you
0: to lean on, darlings, you. With Hello and
1: welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love there them. I'm Patrick Flynn. During our Starlight Express discussion, Kenny Neal and I talked about some of his Lordship's other cast albums, and I had some opinions. And here they are. We join the conversation already in progress. Yeah, it's funny how all of Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows take a very utilitarian commercial approach to their cast albums Mm -hmm. in a way that I find disappointing. And it's not new. It it starts right at the very beginning where you have Jesus Christ Superstar Mm -hmm. has the rock opera. Right. It opens in America. And um, first, an America gets a highlights cast album of its right. Broadway cast. Right. It goes to London. There is no cast album. There's only the rock opera. Evita comes next. It has a concept album. When it plays the West End, it only gets a highlights cast album with David Essex and Elaine Page. Mm-hmm. Comes to America and does get a full two-disc Mandy Putinkin, Patti LuPone. I think the stars might have been big enough for that. And the show was different enough, I think, to to warrant that. But then all the way up, like there's no American, no original Broadway cast version of Phantom. There's only the London one, same Starlight Express. And it's a very... Even coming up to uh, School of Rock, his most recent one, Mm -hmm. the School of Rock cast album was recorded before previews began. Right, so that it would be available on opening. Right, but as a result, there are songs on the cast album that aren't in the show anymore, and songs in the show that aren't on the cast album. Right, and it's this very functional approach to the, like the cast album as a piece of of commodity as, as an accessory to right. the show that I find very disappointing well, as you, a fan of the medium.
0: You know, I I I, I haven't. I haven't thought about it, but I wonder if there's something about the rise of compact discs at around the same time mm-hmm. um, in that sort of mid to late 80s, um, because certainly I, you know, uh, Chess had the yeah. British and the American right. versions. And but even the British versions had the British and American versions. But the
1: the British version of Chess isn't even the cast album. It's the concept album. Right. Again. Now, I think the cast was almost entirely the same, so
0: that at least you can kind of go.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and it's and it's weird. And, you know, we, we mentioned before about how perhaps Starlight Express was um, uh, al- almost suffers from the success that Andrew Lloyd Webber had with Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I and I wonder if there's something about the idea of um, because he was so successful with Jesus Christ Superstar as a concept album. Right. That it just sort of got locked in that. Well, this is what you do. That, yeah. This is what is wanted. Mm-hmm. Um and I and well, I, and you sell the album
1: yeah. first. I mean, it is a great like the reason that show opened in New York before it opened in London was because the album, the rock opera, was a huge smash hit sure. in America more than it was in England. So right. they opened the show in in Broadway first, right? And it was a big hit. So it is certainly an approach that I completely enjoy and respect, and I love the concept album to Avida. First, it is very different from mm-hmm. the, from the finished product, and sure, I find yeah. that interesting. But it is very disappointing to me that, for example, there's no that there is no Broadway version of Phantom only because there's a lot of secondary actors in American Broadway actors who are good and different. Right. And, not you know, I understand Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman are in both versions, so it's not like you're not going to get the same leads. But it's I don't know. It just it disappoints me. This sort of in his career, this track through, like, for example, I don't think there would be a um, there's no British Cast recording of "Song and Dance" mm-hmm. because you had Marty Webb's tell me on a Sunday LP, right? Even though that was Sarah Brightman, his wife, at the like th- that he didn't do it. Now they right. did do it in America because it was bernard Peters, who's a big American star, and right. I think there was this like we have to like re-record this for, with right. Bernadette Peters. But it feels very much like a cost-saving measure, a sort of like what's the difference kind of thing.
0: I'm I'm sure that's probably a factor. I, I think we could also perhaps look to the. Uh, the after-the-fact concept album that Starlet Express generated, right? Um, as as perhaps the you know what killed the golden goose maybe it's very
1: possible. It is funny to me. That is true. It's really yeah. funny to me. There is a second album for that show. Yeah. Like it must have been just to highlight like how it's been rewritten, and you really want to come see. It. And it's so different. We put out a new album. You know, it's
0: it's interesting because they they very much. Uh, they didn't even try to tie it together as if this tells any sort of story. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a collection of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's produced by Phil Ramone, who produced all of Billy Joel's yeah. stuff, right.
1: um, um, and did some cast. Has done some cast albums. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, and and its its singers are um, a few well known singers like Eldebarge and Richie Havens, right. um, but but a lot of just sort of studio ringers like Peter Hewitt and Josie Aiello and. Mm-hmm. Um, people who you don't necessarily know you've heard, but you've heard them sing back up. Right, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and many of the songs uh, are songs that either got reworked or just didn't make it into the show. The song by Earl Jordan, in- Engine of Love, which was mm. the original song written for the show. Right. And... Um, and sung by Earl Jordan, and uh, who was picked by Andrew Lloyd Weber because he has the ability to um, differentiate his vocal cords and sing two different notes at the same time. Oh wow! So he could do that engine, mm-hmm. uh, not sorry, the train whistle sound with his with his voice. Which is oh, wow. actually a sample of which is in the 1984 recording um, when uh, on the song um, he whistled at me. Right, you hear Earl. Jordan's oh, really? Voice That's what you're sampled. hearing. Oh. Um, but that, but that goes back to the '70s. Oh wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, wow, that's a fun fact. I like that. <laughs> so, that's neat. so, so as a concept album, certainly being after the fact seems a little bit like they're just trying to capitalize on uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's success with Phantom. Of right, well, if you liked that, you'll like you'll this. like this. Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> you like to come see this? <laughs> <Yeah. All right.
1: laughs> it's, it's a time capsule, and you know, it's a living. It's a living entity. It is still currently. I just looked this up. The eighth longest running show. In West End history, what's really funny to me about mm-hmm. this list is how very different it is from the American list. <laughs> uh, number ten, No Sex Please, were British, which is a funny Ooh. show. Um, there's a lot of more plays on this list too, as you might imagine. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Lion King, still running on both Broadway and the West End. Okay. Number eight, Starlight Express. Number seven, Mamma Mia, which is still running in uh, in Brit in Britain, though not here in America. Number six, Cats. There we go. Okay. Number five. Blood Brothers, the musical, really ten thousand performances in the West End. Not as big of a hit here in the United States. Yeah. Uh, number four, the play, The Woman in Black, which is okay. currently running. Number three, Phantom, still mm-hmm. currently running. Number two, Les Mis, also currently running. And number one, do you know what it is? And you can probably see it. Now. I, I can, can see, see it, it, but I'll let you. Did you know this? That I is, did not. This no. is The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie's. Really been running since nineteen fifty two with twenty six thousand performances. Wow. Yeah. It is I, I and I've seen that I saw that on the West End. Okay. I did that in high school. I saw it in the West End, and it's a pretty good play, The Mousetrap. Um, yeah. And it's very Agatha Christie. I mean, yeah. it's it's eight people in a snowden in a in a in a, in a guest house <laughs> in the countryside. Well, I. Uh, spoiler I'll, alert: one of them's a killer. I'll I'll be there in June. Maybe I should. Oh, you should check yeah. it. It's really funny because, and it has a great ending. I mean, of all her yeah. shows, mm-hmm. it has a really great ending, and. There's a thing after the curtain call you do, the, the actors come out and they're like, please, like, the show's been running for 60 <laughs> years. And, like, please keep the secret of the ending. Like, it, it, it it's a funny little pledge everybody takes. But, like, when I saw it, I saw it in '96, and it was packed in the house yeah. to see this show. And not sure. all from, like, American tourists. Like, people came to see it. I was going to say, was it, is it
0: the sheer madness of. It London? is a lit.
1: No, it's certainly, there's a point you hit where, like, it, it's running this long because it's running this long. Yeah. But like when I went to see The Fantastics in New York in 2000, 2001 and that show was still about five years away I think from closing but had been running since the 60s the theater was virtually empty. I mean and that show ran that show got to keep running partially because of like how low how cheap it was to keep it running. Right. Right. But Mousetrap's a Full tilt play. You know, it's one set, eight actors, but still like full tilt production values yeah. and like people yeah, still sure. do it and, and keep it going. So I would re- get, check it out. Get some Rush tickets. Think, don't don't spend – like, you know, No, yeah. But, but <laughs> check it out. It's a, it's a fun like – well, then you'll have seen two of the top ten running longest shows in London. So what, what more do you want? It's hilarious. It's great. It's a – yeah, it's a fun – it's a fun show. Anyway, and it's interestingly, final Mastrap fact, there is no motion picture of it. Um, unlike every other Agatha Christie commodity, because she mm-hmm. signed the movie rights to whoever, and the deal was the movie couldn't start filming until six months after the play closed. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is a standard that's deal great. for hers with plays, and yeah. it never closed. So <laughs> careful what you signed for. She still got paid. God bless her. Yes. Love Agatha Christie. I'm sure Christie. she did fine. <laughs> The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. This episode was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Jeffrey Madison, Tom Fish, and Imani Mular. If you like the original cast, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. It's the easiest way to make sure other people find the show. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at originalcastpod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at unknownpenguin. My thanks to Kenny Neal for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.